3: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome wel- welcome to, to it could happen here a podcast a- here it happens uh yeah that 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 happens yeah i'm I'm christopher wong i'm, I'm doing my best robert impersonation because robert has abandoned us for another interview we yeah we, we we are here to talk today about the fact that it did in fact happen here by which i mean the supreme court has Essentially, by fiat, just overturned Roe v. Wade and allowed Texas as a bro- just draconian, weird, snitch-paying, indescribably illegal anti-abortion law to go into effect. And, you know, a-, a lot of people, I think, are shocked by this, and I think we're all sort of horrified. But for those of us who grew up in sort of right-wing evangelical and Christian communities and watch how they organize and watch how they mobilized, it's not really a
4: surprise. No, I'm yeah. so
5: bored with everybody's surprise. Please, stop.
4: I've yes. been saying this for so long. So long. So I feel like a Cassandra, <laughs> like
5: just like standing in the street screaming
4: from the rooftops just please. Yeah, well,
5: y'all, y'all listen now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's
1: like when there's like a list of like the
2: set schedule for a show and then you're surprised that it actually ha- that they do all those songs. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like yes. it's like the,
1: the writing has been on the wall.
2: And the mm-hmm. and, and the floor and the paper and the the and screen. Forty fucking
5: years. Forty fucking years. Like there should be there like you, there should be outrage, but there should be no
2: shock.
4: Yes, correct.
2: Garrison's
1: also here. Hi, Garrison.
6: Hello. This is a could happen here. We're talking about Texas's um, uh, abortion uh, ruling, and well, and, and, and then Supreme Court's ruling. I'm Garrison. We, uh, Christopher. Already said that uh, they're here. And then who who are our other two
4: uh, people today? Uh, I'm Kieran Darkwater. I'm the co-host of the Kitchen Table Cult podcast and also a Democratic Assembly District delegate for California, and I have feelings. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and I'm Eve Ettinger, uh, the other co-host of Kitchen Table Cult podcast and uh, an angry writer, mostly.
6: I think all of us on this podcast could be qualified as angry writers. (laughs) Yeah, just like
5: professionally angry online. Yeah. (laughs) I just realized we should probably say that Kieran and I grew up quiverful, which is, you know, relevant to this subject.
6: Yeah, we should go into, because I think all all four of us um, have grown up in some degree of, of of the more extreme Christian fuckery. And yeah, you two specifically have some... Why why don't you explain to the uh, listeners kind of what your background is, like I don't know, like the text version of it, uh, <laughs> because we have other other things to talk about as well.
5: Okay, um, I was raised as part of the Sovereign Grace Ministries cult and was homeschooled K through twelve and am the oldest of nine kids. My family were hardcore quiverful courtship people, um, and then I. Left and got married, and then got divorced, and got out, and it exploded my whole family, and now they're all out too.
4: Nice, uh, very similar to Eve, with the exception of um, my parents did not go to and Grace; they did their own thing and were their own cult, and church hopped around a lot. Um, I'm the oldest of eight-ish. Uh, my parent, had, my mom, had ten full term. Pregnancies, but two of them were stillborn. So I'm the oldest of technically 10, but in reality, eight. Um, Also homeschooled K through 12, grew up being told that I was supposed to be, you know, a housewife and have lots of babies. Ran away on my 18th birthday, got married, was married for seven years in a surprisingly healthy ish marriage. Um, Got divorced, started HRT, wound up in California have been working through all of that shit for the last, like, 12 years at this point. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: And we grew up together, sort of. We know each other from high school. We've been, you know, conspiring to take over the world since we were, like, 15, 16.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've been friends since we were, like, 15 and did a lot of writing in the day. And we Mm -hmm. still do. Uh, Like, everything (laughs) that we're doing now is still stuff we did in high school. It's, like, everything and nothing has changed. Like, we're still writing. We're still doing podcasts it's just uh we've we've switched uh we've sides. switched sides yeah switched yeah sides. we yeah. were doing
5: podcasts in 20 2005 yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. that is before the, it was cool funny. when audacity was in beta like <laughs> it was hard
3: it. <laughs> yeah i guess i I'm, I'm in the slightly weird position of being in a group of people where i had probably like i had not even probably i had the least fucked up right-wing christian childhood but yeah i still like, grew up in a, a I guess, more mainline, uh, like, a town that was sort of dominated by a sort of more mainline uh, evangelical university. It's, it's hard to say, go back to the beginning on this, because you can pick, like, seven million <laughs> moments, yeah. but I think since, since we're sort of focusing on abortion, um, I want to start by asking about the story of sort of how the evangelicals started caring about abortion, because that's, that's a relatively recent thing, especially yeah. compared to sort of Catholicism, and so... Yeah, I guess how 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 did that start, and how you know what, what's the relationship between that and and the birth of the modern religious right?
5: Well, have you heard of Phyllis Schlafly? <laughs> friend,
3: oh, friend Philly. is behind the so- bastards. Oh,
5: Phyllis Schlafly, so much. Um. Yeah. Boof.
1: Ugh. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm like, There's not enough
4: uh, rage i more than enough rage.
1: I was trying to think of like an appropriate like horror sound effect to go right after her name. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. Just, add,
6: add, yeah. We, we can we can get Daniel to add a horror sound effect. Yeah, after Daniel, add name. add
1: a, add the worst possible sound effect you can think of <laughs> for after Eve says, "Do you know who Phyllis Shapley is?" Because yes. fuck Phyllis Shapley. If, it, it will Continue. not
3: be enough, but we have to try. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, it will not so, it will not be dark enough, but just know.
5: I, I'm Intention. just sitting here being like, there's so much information. If I just start, is gonna be a waterfall and, like, somebody's gonna have to jump in and be like, stop talking! We'll stop, yeah. Okay, so back in the 60s, and the, the book Jesus and John Wayne by Kristen Dumais gets into this a lot, um, the church was having kind of like a crisis of self in a lot of ways. Um, This is the, the height of the free love movement and the Vietnam war is going very badly. And uh, you know, the church is losing youth to cynicism and drugs and sex. And like, so there's this, this whole like contingent of like, Oh shit, we have to like get the political, and religious stuff back on track according to our belief system um and birth control and abortion were not really part of the picture um for that that strategy until like the 80s and it was kind of this whole like thing that was a manufactured crisis um but it was it was the thing that they could get Voters of both Catholic and evangelical backgrounds to coalesce around. And they stumbled into this because fucking Phyllis Schlafly was um, really good at direct mail organizing. She was able to get mailing lists and get like housewives with free time to get on the phone and call elected officials and just kind of show up storm you know barnstorm capital steps and like talk to officials and get you know this like overwhelming appearance of like your constituency is for this thing um which is a really common thing that you see in the religious right still today yeah
6: yeah i think mailing lists have such a has such an interesting background in right-wing organizing whether it be like physical mailing lists back in mm-hmm. the day, lots of the big names in in like the in the growing far right did that, and even today you can even look at like stuff for January sixth with like Trump's email list follows yep. the same yep. follows the same strategy, and like the left or the Democrats never do this shit.
5: Well, uh, okay, I, actually, there's there's one instance. So there was someone who was involved with Schlafly's organizing and the mailing list stuff, who was who flipped and was participating in act up New York organizing and taught them how to use mailing lists. So it Sarah Schulman's book about act up New York gets into this. And it's really interesting to see like, but I think that's the only instance I can think of that, like the left picked up on that, but Schlafly started it focus on the family, picked it up. Yep. Everybody ran with it and it is the default method now for organizing a, a block voter base. And one of the things that she was doing, so she was against the ERA and that was like her thing was the ERA is going to actually limit women's rights. And it was kind of about like you have certain protections as a housewife because you're entitled to like this level of support and all of this stuff and like you don't want to be drafted. And so that was kind of how she was framing that conversation. And she framed in one of her Equal Forum newsletters the conversation about abortion as being tied up in that and that got people's attention and she was a catholic and the catholics are have consistently been against abortion and the evangelicals up until that point were not and they really just dis- wanted to separate themselves from the catholics on this issue and they called it therapeutic abortion so if it's like rape incest or like endangering the life of the mother they w- assumed that those were reasonable reasons to do that and they you know, were worried about overpopulation. And so they were talking about birth control is a good thing. And, and the Catholics were against all of it. And so Schlafly was able to mobilize this Catholic and evangelical female voter base. And um, white ladies, primarily white women, Um, white women are always the problem (laughs) Um, to move the the attention and the conversation in this particular direction. And once they killed the ERA, the rest of the evangelical political leadership on the right were like, oh, hey, this is like we're crossing the ecumenical aisle. We should pay attention to this. Um. So, I mean, I've got um, this this book in front of me here all my my sources here so this is the evangelicals by francis fitzgerald and it's kind of the definitive history of the evangelicals in america and it's fucking great um one of the things that she traces is this whole conversation and there's this line in here where it's like the southern baptist convention affirmed a like neutral stance on abortion like against abortions on demand and like you know doing it thoughtlessly But, like, they were neutral on the concept overall until fucking 1980 Yep, as their, like, group doctrinal policy.
4: And that's around when, like, the moral majority started becoming a thing. Yeah. And also when people were starting to freak out about, like, there not being a majority of white people. And at some point, the... The rhetoric turned from, well, I mean, it's always been, like, about the babies, but at some point it got translated into, we have to literally outbreed the left, which is (laughs) what I grew up in.
5: Yeah. So we grew up in, um, under the influence of Mary Pride's The Way Home and The Long, uh, like, All the Way Home, which are her two books that she wrote about, kind of, that kicked off the Quiverful Movement. Um, But... Let me go back. I want to. I want to go through this timeline that I pulled pulled together yesterday. So the Moral Majority was started by Wayrich in 1970. The Southern Baptist Convention started their pro-abortion or neutral toward abortion policy in 1971. In 1972 was when Schlafly started opposing the ERA. 1973 is Roe v. Wade. 1974 is when Schlafly's newsletter goes out. Arguing that the ERA is going to make abortion, you know, on demand. Um, 1975, Billy Graham is still pro-abortion, and then Carter loses in 1980. Yeah, and that's when the whole thing flips. Yeah. Once Reagan wins,
6: that is that is such an interesting timeline of events, and it like, basically it went perfect for them. Except mm-hmm. I guess, except for like Roe v. Wade was a little bit of like a hiccup. But like they really were successful in organizing in a way that's almost kind of unparalleled in the ramp up to Reagan getting an office.
5: Right. And then Mary Pride was in the late 80s. I'm like, it was 1985. So she like founded the Quiverful movement of the like, actually, women, you are being um, contrary to your own satisfaction for yourself if you are... Staying at work and not having babies, and you will be like fulfilled if you go home and keep house and have babies. And birth control is against God's will and is like thwarting your like self fulfillment and your best purpose. So, like, that's the book that like kicked my parents down the quiverful road.
3: Yeah, I, I think one of the interesting things here is. And you see this like in Italy too, although it's a less right-wing form with with the Christian Democrats. But it's like this is like the 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 focus on like the the sort of Christian focus on on rolling back feminism and then bringing women into their movements is something that's very very important to not just anti-abortion stuff, but to the sort of the the broader rollback of of the left over the whole course of the sort of 20th century. And you see this in. You know, in in the way that sort of you know what 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 the left is doing at this time, like they have the feminist movement, but the feminist movement in a lot of ways is detached from sort of the workers' movements, and this this <laughs> becomes like the way you roll back the workers' movement is the workers' movements ignoring women, and so you know the the yeah. right targets them and wins, and and I think also you know and this this is also you know we talked about this sort of with Reagan's alliance with the evangelicals, is weird but it's somewhat tenuous, but you know th- this is you know in 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 a lot of ways. This stuff, like the, these people, this is the, the moral majority. Like this is this is how neoliberalism happens. And, and I think, like in, in in a lot, like this this is sort of like I guess like you can talk about like the, the sort of I don't know. It, the, it's it's one of the sort of electoral shock troop things that mm-hmm. that happens to start pushing this stuff.
5: Well, it's such a class and race based thing, and this is yeah. why that like the pushing back against feminism stuff started being so popular among this particular group. I think is you had this idea of like. Oh shit! This means that if our husbands leave us, or we leave them, we have to support ourselves because we might, might not be able to get like stay-at-home wife levels of alimony anymore because we won't have the legal protections under the ERA if it passes. So, like, uh that means we'd have to work, and that's not what white ladies do, you know. <laughs> it's just kind yeah. of like this, yep. like white lady fragility thing, you know it goes all the way back through everything.
3: Yeah, and it becomes this like it becomes this hammer that you can beat like everyone else with. Mm-hmm. Like whatever sort of like
5: And I think this is why there's so much shock about Texas right now is because it's like <laughs> um the only women who are going to be like actually introduced to new dangers right now or the uterus having people introduced to new dangers under this abortion ban. Under this new policy, is white ladies. Everybody else has been vulnerable in this way already. And so the like shock and surprise is like, yeah, being a white woman does not necessarily protect you from the patriarchy.
4: Yeah. Especially if you're not rich. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you have money to flee the state of Texas, you're fine. But otherwise, like, you're just fucked.
5: Racial solidarity screws you over once again.
4: hmm Yep. Everything comes back to racism, honestly.
3: Yeah, like, it, it, I think the other thing with this coalition is that, like, a lot of the original basis of this, and you didn't talk about was more than I can, but was about, like, the, the original thing they were trying to do was stopping desegregation from happening and maintaining desegregation... You know, and this this feeds into sort of private school stuff.
4: Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How the homeschool <laughs> movement started.
6: <laughs> yeah.
5: I, I'm like, so have you heard of Bob Jones University?
6: Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, also, I'm, let's, I'm also let's let's drop a sound,
5: it. a sound effect for that one too.
6: We can we could talk. I'm planning on writing a Bastards about Bob Jones University coming up here soon. But um, like
5: 1981 was when they were forced to desegregate.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, they only. Yeah. And like it was like like 99 they allowed. Interracial dating, I think.
5: Yeah, it but they that were that they were all they, I think it was like, yes, but also only if your parents agree.
6: Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> we're gonna I still had, require parental consent.
6: <laughs> all of all of my English was by Bob Jones University Press. We Ugh, ran sorry. into that
5: a lot too. Yeah.
6: yeah. And the fun thing about the English is that you're not actually learning English; you're learning like propaganda through the veil of English. So, like, you learn about like climate change denialism through your English program. Just, just it's one of the yeah. most most fun things yep. imaginable. <laughs> yeah, is the way that they structure their education. And like, oddly enough, like I'm I'm not sure this is similar to I I don't know how your personal opinions on abortion evolved throughout your process of de radicalization. Um, That's a long story. <laughs> yeah, but like I know, like f- f- like for me, like for some reason, that was one of the last things to change. Like I, I got on, I like that was one of the last things to actually get like kicked off of of, of my brain. Like I like. I, I changed on like a whole bunch of other views around around like queerness and stuff like way before I switched around ab- abortion it was one of the things that like mm-hmm. they really they're, like they're, like th- I think that's common their prop- their propaganda yeah. on it really was able to like sink sink its claws in- into my brain well it's um,
5: like it's like the QAnon stuff and all of the like mythology around sex trafficking that we have right now is like it's all about save the babies yeah. and like yeah. that's like engenders such a lack of critical thinking because your emotional engagement locks yes. in immediately yep. and they can convince you of anything. And most of it's not true.
6: Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think it really is similar to a lot of, I mean, the, all the QAnon stuff we're talking, the QAnon stuff, you know, that that was pop, that was like, getting very big last year. is really just a continuation of this same thing. It's just with, it's just with a new mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of this kind of stuff plays on the same interest that is put into Focused by the same bad actors.
5: Right.
4: Yeah. Like, it's honestly not surprising to me that so many evangelical Christians and just like generally right wing people fell for QAnon because it already confirms all of their priors. Like, yeah. they're already believing most of the stuff. And it's just like, oh, sure, I can make that leap of logic. And like, for us, we're like, there was, you know, a whole gymnastics course you had to go through, but they were already, already there.
5: Okay, I want to jump in here and, and tie up some, some threads between these conversations because one of the things that these these like conspiracy theories and the like anti-abortion stuff have in common is anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. And um and so the the mythology of the QAnon like celebrities using babies' blood for skincare kind of thing comes goes back to the Middle Ages to blood libel, which is an anti-Semitic um mythology that was used to excuse like murdering lots of jews um and the similarly the whole con- conversation around abortion the using stuff from the old testament to proof text your evangelical belief in like like the you know life starts from conception kind of thing yeah um goes against jewish tradition and jewish understanding of these texts like the Jewish tradition is life starts at the first breath. Mm-hmm. So like if the baby is viable on its own and able to come out and like, then it breathes, then it's alive. Then it's a person. That's when the spirit enters the body as far as I'm, my understanding goes. And so the like evangelicals, again, using biblical literalism and proof texting and trying to, you know, shape the Bible into a, uh texts that they can reinforce all of their prior beliefs around rather than reading it as literature with a historical context and like a like collective understanding by another <laughs> group of people um blasphemy like it's just one of those another one of those examples and so this is built into it is this like yeah well the bible says this that thing and it's like no actually like that's not how the rest of the world has interpreted these same texts.
7: The cat
6: This plays into so many other things that the, that the right is currently grasping on. Like we, we, we could easily talk about the intersection and not, not even not even just intersection, but the direct continuation of anti-abortion stuff into anti-vax stuff. Like all of, <laughs> all, of, all, of, all of these things are the exact same thread. They all come from the exact same place and it's propagated by the same people. Um, Like all of these things, like w- once you start to look into this, you're like, oh, no, it's all the same thing. It's yep. all just wrapped up in this same spiral.
5: Yeah, I, I mean the and it goes into using essential oils yep. for like healing and like not trusting doctors and like there's good reasons to mistrust the medical institution and like big pharma. Don't get not me
6: for, wrong. Not, not for these reasons, though. But, yeah. but, yeah, but exactly. like,
5: I'm sorry. Like, Collodial Silver? Maybe not? No.
6: Like, we couldn't... <sighs> yeah. if, if we went to the doctor as a kid, like, if our parents would go to the doctor, that was, that was like, a breach of faith. Um, yep. You know, I, I, okay, I, I so know what all of you are here, familiar with all of this. Yeah,
5: my mom's a nurse, so, like, we actually had, like, skipped a lot of this stuff, but Kieran, okay. Kieran has stories.
4: <laughs> yeah, my parents... They got involved in this cult called Cleansing Stream, and that was where they were introduced to demonic possession and also faith healing. Mm -hmm. And they left the cult because they believed the demonic possession levels of that group was ridiculous, and it was. But they didn't leave behind the faith healing. Yeah. So, Mm. did not, like, I literally didn't see a doctor from the time I was, like, maybe five Until I was 18. And then I went to the doctor and I was like, I I know I had my tetanus before I was 10. And everything else, nothing happened. So please catch me up because I didn't see anyone. I had literally like infections that could have been treated with antibiotics and cleared up in like a week that lasted for like two years. Because my parents were that adamant about the doctors being evil. And the reason was because in the concordance. If you look up (laughs) the word uh, for like medicine it's pharmakia and pharmakia translates into witchcraft and so my parents were like well obviously that means medicine is witchcraft and witchcraft is of the devil so therefore all doctors and all medicine is bad.
5: Excuse me did they still take communion? Because that's also witchcraft that's that's a blood right
4: right Right. (laughs) But it was okay because it was Jesus's blood and body and not totally this, like, expired thing of grape juice that has been sitting around in the church closet for, like, who knows how long. For, like, f- at least 12 years. <laughs> yeah, at least. It's aged grape juice. I blame yeah,
5: communion get... on on all my witchcraft practicing now. It's the <laughs> all started.
6: No, I yeah, like you get a
3: lot of weird projection stuff with it where it's, like... Like, blood libel. It's like, okay, so you, you are from a religion, the basic practice of which is is drinking something you think is blood. And so we are now going to accuse everyone else of doing the thing that we do as a religious tenant. But, you know, it, this stuff doesn't... It's
5: that like, narcissist thing of accusing everybody else of doing what you actually do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there's kind of a... At least this is something that I've run into is that, like, you know, it, it doesn't do that much good to point out that their beliefs are inconsistent. Like, like
4: something I no, see a lot of people matter. do. It to, doesn't matter. It doesn't
5: matter. Okay, so y'all know G.K. Chesterton, right?
4: Yes. Uh, no? We should explain. Maybe okay. Not so G.K.
5: Chesterton was a, a British Anglican pundit. Um, had like, you know, wrote a bunch of you know cute little cozy mysteries, but also was a Catholic theologian. And in his book Orthodoxy, he has this concept, which is like outdated like ableist terms but i'm gonna run with it because it's a really good analogy um he calls it the madman's box and he's like the madman is the most sane of all creatures because anything that does not work in his reality he removes it does not exist so everything within his universe if you accept the terms of his universe is true and i think about this all the time when i think about fundamentalists and the the stuff we grew up with is but like if it is going to threaten your core logic system,
6: yeah. You it remove is, it's, it. It's it does not exist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a you have to wa- watch consider has to it. tick. Yeah.
5: And the like his whole thing was like, actually, like the universe is huge and like we can't control it. And like we have to get okay with not knowing things, which I love, because mm-hmm. that's true. And the people we grew up with just can't do that because they believe that like God is knowable, the universe is knowable, and also um we're right about everything.
6: <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah. You, you can't you can't rip someone out of an alternate reality. It's not right. it's it, that's not how that works. You have to you have to slowly coax them out with breadcrumbs yeah. and you even have to go and with that, emotion. And that can take that can take years or decades like you can't there's there's never going to be a switch. Like OK, it, so, just, so
5: let's talk about our own shifts. Like, when yeah. did you when did you start believing that abortion was cool?
6: Like Every,
5: Everybody here. <laughs> and what changed?
6: around when i was like 15 or 16 um i was i uh, in the years prior to that i was learning my own like queerness which was kind of pulling me out of some of like the harder beliefs that i was into as like a as like a preteen um so like queerness was like the first step but abortion was like the last thing to crack because you're so ingrained in this thing like no like you have to like I'm 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 against killing people, and if babies are people, you have to be against killing babies, you know, no matter what kind of age they are. That's, that gets so ingrained. Yeah. Um. What What got me out was learning, uh, like more about um, philosophy of like bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's the kind of thing that was like the last thing to crack. is like learning about the importance of autonomy and how that extends to pregnant people. Um, and so that was the, but it was yeah, it was it was like it was the last thing from like my, my right wing, like from like my far right wing upbringing to get expelled. Like it, it 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 stuck around for a ridiculously long time. Like I already considered myself kind of like a social democrat, but I was still, but still was like yeah, but I think abortion should be avoided at all costs. Mm. It was it was it, it stuck around for such a long time. Yeah, that, that was what it was like for me
3: too. And it was interesting. So like my my like immediate family was like like my parents were like pretty liberal but like everyone else around me was like like extreme like you know is sort of far right evangelical people and like that that sort of like the the well the pro life people have a point we shouldn't kill babies if if you have to do abortion it should be like extremely rare and like we should try to stop it like that like that was that was one of the sort of cultural things that I picked up even though. Like, you know, like the anti abortion protesters would show up at my school and I'd be like, ha, 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 it's, they're doing creation. But like, you know, that, <laughs> that, like that, the the, 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 sort of like, oh, well, you don't, you don't want to kill babies, right? Like that, that took, like, even when I was like sort of going further left in high school, like that took really until almost like college before I was like, wait, this is ridiculous. And sort of, sort of picking up. Yeah. Again, it was for partially the autonomy and then partly it was about learning the actual history of, of what, this stuff is about and like coming like understanding the fact that like it's not actually about the n- none of the people talking about this like actually genuinely care about the lives of babies like it's, <laughs> it's not about that <laughs> yes. And like ab- yeah. abortion isn't yeah. fundamentally about that and you know and, and you know and it's, in some ways like you, you know this is a lot of people sort of will do this thing where they like they, they like yell at the at the, the evangelical evangelicals like ah you don't care about babies like you'll ship them off to the war or you're like you let them like starve and it's like no they don't care like it's it's not about that it's just about sort of That's about power and control yeah Yeah. and and i think you know and i think and i think like even a lot of people sort of still get this like don't understand that very well even even like even liberals on the left that it it, like they don't care like it's 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 just about power and not anything else and that you shouldn't like take their argument seriously
5: yeah uh yeah So for for me, it was it was twofold. When you talk about like the emotional thing that like pulls you out of out of like a illogical belief, it was one. I got additional data about how birth control works. And two, I had a friend who had an ectopic pregnancy who was at a Catholic hospital and almost died because they wouldn't help her out in time because even though it was very early and it was not viable, the Catholic hospital would not wait until like, required her to wait until she was at death's door to intervene to save her life. Thank God. So that was the the emotional thing that, like, kicked that down the road. The other was just learning about, like, how conception works and then, the like, math of it. And, like, so, like, 7 out of 10 fertilized eggs will not implant in the uterine wall and get sloughed off. Like, you can have a whole lot more conceptions then you have pregnancies and yep. you will never know and that is perfectly normal and um and just understanding that like taking birth control actually reduces the risk of that taking oral hormonal birth control means that you have like <laughs> far less chance of having a lost conception that way i was like oh wait so if they were actually pro life they would be making everybody go on birth control Mm -hmm. if they actually believed that it started at conception. Oh fuck. And, and of course like later on, and this is maybe a little TMI, but like, um, I had a, a super early miscarriage last year and just like thinking through like how comfortable I was with all of my, my logic and decisions and where I'd come from and where I was in believing these things. Like I was like yeah 12 weeks like I barely knew I was pregnant and like most people don't and I don't this is not a big deal
4: yeah for me it was like it it was a mix um of like one right when I was 17 and my mom had her last pregnancy that's when I knew I never wanted kids ever did not I was googling how to sterilize like what what can I do? I kept okay, I kept but you this- have to tell
5: you have to like give give a little more detail on why. Yeah,
4: yeah, okay. So, uh, every time that my mom got pregnant, my life would end, and I, as a child, was the person who was solely responsible for running the house. So I had to feed my siblings, educate my siblings, bathe my siblings, make sure they didn't die being children me like do all of the inside girl chores um and take care of my mom who like half the time had untreated preeclampsia and like could not move and was like a planet and it would just happen I like literally like I there Mm -hmm. I remember having thoughts of like She's just... a
5: fixed object, and the entire household is orbiting, orbiting. around her. Exactly, yeah. that's mm-hmm.
4: exactly what it felt like. Yeah,
5: I, I, I was like, everybody's going to assume you mean size. That is not what you mean. No, gravity. no, yeah,
4: <laughs> I mean gravity. Yeah, like she like, was just that, in that, her that, chair. That, def-
6: that definitely isn't isn't uncommon for anyone in the quiverful type
4: community mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it's it's pretty par for the course. Like that's that's what the job of the eldest daughter is. At least that's what my parents believed, which is why they did it every single time, every like 18 months for a decade straight. And I got burnt the fuck out because it started when I was eight and ended when I ran away. Um, And my mom was still pregnant when I ran away. And I was just like, I can't like stop being a person every like year for nine months straight. Like my, I was responsible for my education as well. So like, my tank and then when I was 15 they were like you know everything you need to do to be a successful wife and mother you don't need to learn math or science or any of that shit um and so yeah so when I was let's graduate you exactly and they were like and now like after I, I was 15 like when I turned uh 16 they were like well now you're basically an adult and you can like court and get married so that tried to happen And they really just wanted me to, like, go live their fantasy of becoming a wife and mother. And it was a dream I never shared. Also, like,
5: one less mouth to feed.
4: One less mouth to feed. Although I don't think they thought it completely through because then they lost, like, the one person who knew how to keep the house functioning. (laughs) Um, Which is their fault. Uh, But, yeah. So with the last one, nutshell, I was courting... My mom got the positive pregnancy test. They were like, well, like, this wasn't the answer they gave me. They were like, we have theological problems with your partner's uh, family. Uh And that's why we're breaking you up. But really, it was because my mom was pregnant and they needed me to run the house again. And so I saw that coming because I had, after a decade, become aware of when my mom was pregnant before she was. Uh, And I was like, hmm, this feels like pregnancy. and, yeah, I looked up, like, what it took to become sterilized. And I, I found Scarlatine and I read about birth control and I read about how it works. And I realized that I'd been lied to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't abort babies. It, like, like you said, Eve, it's it's honestly better um, because then you're not, like, accidentally aborting by having your period,
0: <laughs> which Woo! is a whole fucking
4: thing. Um. And, And yeah, and I was like, okay, I don't want this for myself. And I became aware that like that was a choice that I had. And so the first thing I did when I saw a doctor was ask for birth control. And it was through like, having my own agency and realizing that me not wanting to have children didn't make me a bad person and didn't make me a bad spouse. And that it was like, my choice made me have a lot more compassion for other people. And then one of my friends had an abortion and I was like, and it was a really good idea. And I was like, I was there for them. And I was like, yeah, like you're not ready to have a kid. That's valid. And you should do the thing because at that point I'd been like, you know, after raising my siblings, like I understood how much it is to be a parent And I knew that, like, if I wanted to be a parent, I knew the responsibility that would be. And I knew I didn't want that responsibility. And I wasn't ready for that responsibility. I knew my friend wasn't. So it was kind of through being burnt out by raising children. And then reading that, like, everything I'd been taught about birth control was bullshit, that I became okay with it. But that was also, like, it wasn't. It was one of the first things to happen, but it happened slowly. Like, I, I became pro-choice gradually over time instead of it just being, mm-hmm. like, one kind of revelation. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is okay for me, but am I sure? Is it? Is it in In a lot of, like, internal yeah. fighting? Um, and
6: I think all of this can be really hard to understand if you did not grow up inside. It's like, if you grew up in, like a, like, a liberal, like, democratic area and you didn't go to church, all this probably sounds very wacky. You're like, well, why didn't you just, like, why couldn't you just not do that right it's like it's, it's very it's very hard yeah. it's very hard to really grasp if you didn't like grow up because like even for me like i already was like by, by the time i was like 14 and 15 i was like yeah like like birth control is fine like contraceptives like contraceptives should be free for people like all these like other like things but i still was, like but we, we still we still shouldn't actually do abortions like we, we, we could do all these other things to limit abortions so you can you can get yep. you can get like super far into that way because like you get ingrained with this like like even even like saying like no abortions in the case of incest or rape because the because the the phrase that was repeated into me as a kid is like why would you punish the child for the for the for the sins of the father oh that, yeah like th- that that isn't yeah, fair that's the thing so that like, said yep so like all of these things get ingrained in you so much you can you can like wrap you can like, rap, you can, like change all of these strings in your brain to like try to have it make sense still you can be like no i I still want all these other things free i I want all these other preventative measures but still that this this last part actually doing an abortion is still something that shouldn't happen for for these moral reasons you know i think it's
5: one of the reasons that this like decision process or like process of like dismantling that whole thought for us one of the things that sped it up was the fact that we got married so young And so it became, like, critically relevant. Yeah. This is not a theoretical question anymore. This was a, like, we're burnt the fuck out, and, like, we do not want to get stuck in the same path that our mothers were in. What the fuck do we do?
4: I had in-laws and my excommunicated parents who wanted grandchildren, and I was like, I I told people, like, give me 10 years because I'm tired.
6: And then in the ninth
4: year, I had a histo.
6: No, yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not a coincidence that the time that I've really started to, like, understand the more science aspects of it and understand the bodily autonomy aspects was also around the time I was starting to have sex with with, with people. Yeah, so Like, I'm, the, the, you know, I'm sure that, that that is not a coincidence either. It's like, well, it's a combination of learning about these things and personal experience.
5: And, like, the urgency of it got so intensified for me when I realized, like, My ex-husband was abusive to her cat when she was a kitten. And I was just like, oh, God, this is not going to bode well for kids. And we were in the process of, like, splitting up. And he listened to a Mother's Day sermon at church and was, like, very inspired by it and was like, actually, maybe we could make things work if you were a mom. I think I could love you if you were a mom. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, what the fuck? Did you just really fucking say that? And he was like, why do you have to be like that? I was like, oh, no, we're done. Oh no, we are done. <laughs> just like just having to have those conversations brings the issue to the foreground so fucking quickly. Like you really suddenly realize it is actually life or death for you.
6: Yeah. And I think the last thing that we could maybe touch on is the the whole bounty hunter aspect plays into a lot of this as well (laughs) Um, of like raising like holy warriors to track down these people who are doing the ungodly acts like this is kind of like a wet dream for a lot of young males who grew up in this thought process Mm -hmm. Um, and watching this start to take shape in Texas is like I think is very much kind of a should be used as a warning of things to come do you think they're going to do
5: a spin-off of Fireproof inspired by this this oh current turn of events?
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I like really like I'm I'm sure they'll be like churches making their own like web series that are like mm-hmm. you know like li- little like YouTube videos of people tracking down like abortion doctors. Like th- I'm mean, this is going to happen. Like absolutely. Like this is this is like stuff like this has been fantasized about for a long time.
5: I'm thinking about like there's this uh, I'm blanking on the name of it but this movement in Florida in Operation Rescue no no I'm thinking no that that's a whole other thing I'm thinking about the church group that CJ Mahaney learned accountability practices from Um, but basically there was this like whole theological movement at in the as like a subset of the Jesus movement that was like encouraging everybody to basically be like sin cops to each other because it was like for your own spiritual purification and like everybody was ratting out everybody to the pastor and the pastor would be like we have concerns about this like pattern simple pattern in your life and you need to like think about your sin of pride because you are questioning me you know stuff like that um and it got replicated in sovereign grace ministries and kind of spread a lot of places out from there yeah so and like the courtship world and the purity culture world, like, you know, you'd have, like, if you violated modesty codes, ratting each other out was, like, rewarded. If yep. you were, like, kissing your boyfriend and not telling your parents, you would get ratted out and that would be rewarded. So, like, all of these things, like, this is just, like, we're just involving the police now. Yep. Same, yeah. We're, 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 and you we're, get we're, money
6: for it. We're now just making it into an act. Yeah. We're now, we're now just <laughs> turning up the actual consequences of this, leading to, like, Violence enacted by the state, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the wet dream of a lot of these of a lot of these groups is that being able to like you know tie this type of evangelical Christianity to the state. This is kind of their end I mean that was that was the end yep. goal of focus on the family. yeah that was an end goal of a lot of these groups is to start you know th- this is just the whole Christian Dominionist thing mm-hmm. is getting these types of things enforced by the state instead of having to be enforced by like the church community.
5: Um, Yay, And
6: yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the one thing I do want to mention is that uh, there's a a great TikTok video that came out a few days ago about the um the uh the reporting website where you can whistle blow abortion people. Mm. There's this uh, uh this video this person made about um, they got a script for iPhones. They can flood you 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 can flood the tip line with fake with fake information. Love it. Um. So that is great. You, should, you could uh, Vice has an article about it. You can just look up TikTok abortion whistleblower. You can you can get all the info on that.
5: Can I just add a whole a big footnote to this entire conversation? Yes. And that is that. This just like keep this in mind as you are thinking about this question and this issue. This is the preview for how trans rights are going to be handled. Yep. Because yep. bodily autonomy for abortion and. Hormonal birth control is the same situation as bodily autonomy to create your gender through hormonal (laughs) injections or whatever. Like, same story. It is not going
4: to end here.
6: No, their, their goal is to have this whole whistleblower bounty hunter thing be extended to anyone performing... Um, and anyone performing any type of re- re- reproductive care, like they're doing now, but also any type of gender affirming treatment, mm-hmm. um, reporting actual like trans youth, like oh, like like we, mm-hmm. y- you see this happen in in the in the church all the time. it's like you know someone getting reported for having you know not not performing their their prescribed gender correctly. Yeah, right. uh, this gets talked about. All the time, and this is going to be the next step for them. Um you know, the the abortion thing is going to tr- is going to spread to other states, absolutely. But the next thing they're going to go after is trans rights, um, and go after this type thing. Then they're going to go after uh after like like um gay things in general, mm-hmm. um and like this, this is the the, the the it doesn't stop here. Like no. you you're not safe just because you are not trial a trial run. Yeah, j- j- just because you weren't born born with a uterus doesn't mean you're not safe from this. Like it's gonna. This is going to extend out to many other facets.
3: Yeah, and and, and I think you know, and and the, the real danger here, and I think this is one of the other things we, we need to talk about, is that like the left, particularly the Democratic Party, is organizing this has been just terrible. And, and <laughs> it doesn't. This, exist. this, this is true. The,
5: yeah, this is true of it the the left.
3: Literally does not exist. Stay yeah, tuned yeah, like, for,
5: for my op-ed through, about this.
3: Yeah, yeah, for, you know, for the Democratic Party, like this is like abortion is just a fundraising thing. Like they don't yep. care. They don't. They're not doing no organizing, and you know, and and the the, the broader left is being just absolutely blown out of the water by by the like by the organization that's happened here and like even even in terms of like you know I mean just yeah i I, I definitely want everyone else here to talk more about this because I have less way less knowledge about this but, like you know like th- these guys did like terrorism like they were they've they murdered people they bombed clinics mm-hmm. like they like they the, they they did the whole range of sort of like ev- everything from sort of electoralism to like w- what the, their sort of twisted version of prefigurative politics where you know you you create your own sort of like right wing like evangelical households, right? They're like a yeah. model of the new side. They did, they mm-hmm. did everything. They did electoralism. They did. Yeah. Um, like they, they did the demonstrations. They did, they, yeah, you know, they, they killed people. Like they, they did everything and it worked and we have not been doing this. And this is, that's a big part of why this is happening now.
5: So I wrote about this for rewire news and I guess it should be coming out Tuesday, but, um, yeah, it's basically like the left, as soon as they achieve a small victory stops organizing and the right is always thinking further ahead and they are they already have the infrastructure for that like grassroots act, like activate the network to get them to call the offices and like be like don't vote on that bill or vote this way on that bill and we really just don't have that infrastructure in place we've done it for one-off situations but we yeah. don't have it as a habitual regular like regular daily practice and we are not training our teens to be involved in that like they are um and there's just so much i could say about this
4: (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I mean i can i can kind of speak to this as someone who like is kind of up close in the california democratic party at least as up close as you can be without being friends with the fucking chair um (laughs) i'm so livid because what I learned after being elected is that there is no organizing structure at all. Like I went to California campus camp in 2019. And if you're in California and you go to a community college and you haven't grown up being an organizer, I definitely recommend you you go team packed. Yeah. If you didn't do team packed, go to campus camp. Um, (laughs) But I was there and they're talking about how, Paul Wellstone was this leftist organizer in like, I don't know, the 80s um, and how he invented this radical way of organizing. It's literally grassroots organizing. It's literally what I've been doing since I was a child. And they're like, oh, this is this cool new thing that we're trying to do. This is really effective. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's how the Republicans win everything. We don't have that. There is no organization in the Democratic Party that is ongoing around advocating for the issues we say we value there is no connection between the state Democratic Party and the Democratic National Convention or like the National Democratic Party the DNC literally only exists for the convention to do the fucking platform and there is nothing else there is no communication asterix. there is no organization
5: except for in queer mutual aid circles queer organizing gets this and gets this right but as soon as you get to like middle class white democratic moderate organizing it doesn't exist
4: yeah no i am i'm literally only talking about the democratic party itself like capital d democratic capital d democratic party the institution queer organizers have been doing this like a lot of grassroots leftist organizations have been doing this labor organizers have been doing labor organizers like There are so many organizations in Oakland alone that do this very well, like uh, the Anti-Police Terror Project. They're fucking badass. They get shit done. Um, But the Democratic Party itself, as an institution, does not have this, does not support this, actively, like, sidelines the organizers. Like, there is a whole progressive wing of the Democratic Party that has recently gotten elected, and we are sidelined and not allowed to do shit. Because there is just like we get blocked at every turn. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think part of the problem is because of the rights connection
6: to apocalyptic um, predictions via mm-hmm. via apocalyptic Christianity. Thinking, yeah. Like the right has the right and even like the conservative establishment. They have a goal in mind like they have an end goal of how they want to see the world. The Democrats don't have that. Even yeah. large swaths of the left don't have that. We you can't we just, fight without an we, imagination. Yeah. We just want the world to be kind of a little bit better slowly. Yeah. The the right has an actual view, like they, they have like an end point, which is why they always have a next thing planned. They're never satisfied with any of their victories. They're always on to the next thing because they have a set goal that they want to see the world become. So yeah. you're saying
5: the democratic party needs to get in a retreat and do a vision board?
6: That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Honestly, though, it well, would I, help.
3: I, I think you know. What, the, I think the other sort of fundamental side, fundamental dynamic of this is that the Republican Party is a real political party, right? Like it ha- it has a base. It has a, it has a thing it's trying to do, and like you know, it, it has it has a set of goals that it, that it's trying to enact. The Democratic Party is not a is not a political party. The Democratic Party is. Basically a giant engine for absorb so you know the, the the right is powered by a combination of an enormous amount of money by their, their sort of capitalist backers and the, you get all this astroturf stuff from the Cokes and from other the sort of their, the bolttons and their their networks and then you know they 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 have, they have a sort of right wing social movement base which is a lot of the evangelical stuff and you know and that that that's what drives the party right like that's 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 that's, that's, that's like the, the 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 party is there to enact you know different facts different visions the party's there to enact their visions right the democratic party is there to they the democratic party like there's you have the equivalence of the sort of left-wing social movements and the democratic party is there to destroy them yes like their their whole goal is to make sure that none of these movements ever actually like come anywhere close to taking power and so you know and and this this creates this symmetry but we're seeing this on abortion right where you know, you you have you have the Republican Party, which is you know f- sort of fanatically dedicated to 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 this issue to winning here, and you have the the Democratic Party, who's like their 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 job is to turn like people people's concern over abortion into inaction and fundraising, and yes. th- and that fundraising doesn't go doesn't fundraising doesn't go to you know keeping abortion legal, like that fundraising goes no. to. Just getting, 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 getting these, keep, keep, keeping Democratic Party people in power, keeping their consultants paid and keeping their sort of, like, you know, keeping, keep, keeping their sort of.
6: Keeping seats. Just, just Yeah. Keeping, it's seats like, it, keeping their corporate, their corporate backers happy. Yes.
3: Yeah,
4: Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It just, it exists to fundraise for elections for people with the D beside their name who don't challenge things, yeah. who don't actually want to get shit done and to just, like. Like, as soon as they get power, they sit back and are like, oh, cool, we won. And and then they're like, we're we're fine now. We don't have to do anything like they don't exist to enact their platform. The, the most that we can do as delegates is like pass resolutions and amend the platform so we can like pass a resolution that says, let's not take any fossil fuel money. This actually happened. We passed a resolution, said let's not take any fossil fuel money. The Democratic Party chair still accepts fossil fuel money, brought it up at the Eboard convention, like (laughs) literally last weekend. It was shot down and said it was out of order, despite the fact that we were just trying to enforce our own rules that we put upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the Democratic Party is accountable to no one, no one but itself. And so the people who are inside the Democratic Party who have problems with the Democratic Party can ask questions and we get zero response. Like, all I know is that we give money to strategists who no one will tell me who they are. No one knows who they are. And just fundraise into this big pot for democratic elections for the people who the chair and his friends like. And the entire bylaws of the Democratic Party are written to give, like, an outrageous amount of power to the people who are already elected. Like, Nancy Pelosi has, like, 30 plus votes in the Democratic Party. I have one. I wrote I I will send you the link to the power breakdown that I wrote about this because I was so mad about it uh, during the convention. But like it really the Democratic Party is not going to save us. It's not going to save anyone. What we need to do is be building dual power structures like the Black Panthers did. But that is a lot of fucking work and we don't have the funding for it.
6: Yeah, we we have we have to wrap this up sooner uh, than later. But like, and I try to end these episodes with some type of, like, if not if not like a call to action, but like something to help figure out what the heck to do in the future, like something that we can think about in a new way or try to try to tr- try to ponder or achieve. And this this one is tough because it's no, really it's not. hard. <laughs> It's well like how like okay. wrapping up all of these types of things around like abortion and the rise of the and of of the relig- of the religious right what can regular people do
5: there are groups doing this work already do not try to reinvent the wheel get involved with your local mutual aid groups get involved with your local abortion funds get involved with your local organizing groups they exist they're doing the work Figure out what is going on, where you live and look at it on a local level and get involved and show up to meetings, figure out who's running for city council, figure out where the budget's going, like ask questions, attend the meetings, pay attention, like show up to public hearings and hold their feet to the fire. Do the local work and the rest will follow.
4: It is surprisingly easy to take over local politics. Like literally all you have to do is show up. It's 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 simple. You get coffee with your city councilor. That's what their job is, is to meet with you. Mm-hmm. So do you have coffee? You are yeah. their boss. And, and you can even do that with your state representative, your state senator. They are there to talk to you. And if you have a feeling about a thing, email them, call them, be like, hey, you, I want to get coffee like that. You know how some students
5: job. in college don't use office hours like they should. And so they fail the course this is us we have these elected officials and we are their boss we need to show up to office hours and ask them questions
4: like that's what that's what the right is doing that's why they're so successful we need to be organizing our own our own calling about things if people want to hear more about your
6: your guys's work and all of these really fun topics um, (laughs) where can where can they (laughs) find you online
4: uh, they can they can find our podcast Kitchen Table Colt at kitchentablecult.com. We're on Twitter at Pod. My handle is blue pup boy, but with an I instead of a Y at the end.
5: And I'm Eve Ettinger on Twitter, and I'm verified apparently. Verified. I'm real.
4: Good job. And the only one.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're working on a couple of big projects. Um, stay tuned. Fun yeah, step ahead.
6: Thank, th- thank you so much for coming on to talk about the, the religious right, abortion and all these kind of interconnected issues, because they they really are interconnected. Um and yeah, we need to we can definitely learn how to organize a whole lot better and learn learn from how the right's been so successful in a lot of ways. God damn. Um yeah anyway uh for more it could happen here you can follow us um on uh, twitter and instagram at happen here pod and cool zone media you can follow me on twitter at hungry bowtie and uh chris i know you 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 have a twitter yeah
3: i'm i'm it r three on twitter or the ice on speed Destroyed guy yep. um, yeah yeah <laughs> cool zone also has a twitter that's at cool zone media i
6: Great. See you see everyone again. We'll we'll talk more about these issues in the next in the next few days and weeks. Uh, but that's all for today. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. It could happen here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career.